How does Detroit, the largest manufacturing city in the United States and the center of automobile industry, file for bankruptcy for $20 billion in 2013? Detroit is a story of innovation, opportunity, racial tension, white flight, and outside market forces. Innovations led to opportunities, and opportunities led to innovations. Detroit really came of age in 1825 after the Erie Canal was completed. The time it took to travel from the East Coast to Detroit was reduced from a month to only five and a half days. In 1842, the Chippewa turned over all their rights to copper and iron-rich land they occupied for thousands of years to the United States government. There was a lot of diverse cultural developments in Detroit as well, such as food, churches, and synagogues. Amenities were also formed, and the 1920s was a time of extreme prosperity for Detroit. The rising city of Detroit was clearly a metaphor for American opportunity and success. Detroit, having great geography, hence being located on the water, and having all these natural resources that were given from the Chippewa, they were able to become the center for the auto industry. General Motors, Ford, and Chevy were all able to set place in Detroit and make their mark. These major industries, also known as the Big Three, exploited the vast resources of iron ore, copper, and water. Detroit's, ac Detroit's access to water gave it an industrial match because freighters were able to ship raw materials, for example, iron ore, from northern areas. Automobiles had little impact on the city at first because most people thought it would never replace the horse and bicycle. However, in 1908, Henry Ford built the first Model T. This is the time where cars became very, very popular. Everyone bought this car and drove the Model T because it was the only car available for purchase and it was affordable. In 1914, Ford created the first ever assembly line at his factory in Highland Park. This offered an unheard of and remarkable wage of $5 a day for 8 hours of work. This led to the production of 5 million cars by 1921. The population nearly reached 1 million people by 1920. Workers from the South and across the country, and even the world, came for jobs in these automobile plants. During World War II, the auto companies converted their factories quickly into plants that could produce planes and tanks. It became the largest and most significant defense center in the United States during the war. The onset of World War II and its need for tanks, trucks, and planes, and jeeps brought Detroit out of depression. As African Americans fled to Detroit from the South, this gave an opportunity for their children to pursue music. In January of 1959, Barry Gordy, a frustrated jazz musician who worked on the assembly line at Ford in Detroit, started a record label, and he called it Motown, using an $800 loan from his family. This reflected the city's reputation as the home of America's automakers. Gordy was known as the Henry Ford of pop music. He was a business genius, fantastic musician, arranger, and producer. Money was said to be Gordy's main motivation but he stands as the best backstage talent and rock star in history. He knew what to do with the control and power he had, and he was the dominant force behind the label. This clearly revolutionized the way black pop music was written, sung, recorded, marketed, and distributed, domestically and globally. What made Motown so magical and successful was all of the intense competition among all the groups and people involved within the company. Because many of these blacks migrated to Detroit in order to work at car plants, this led to their children giving an extremely talented pool to draw on during the 1960s. Many successful artists and songwriters came out of the Motown industry, Lil Wayne being the most famous today. Detroit was the world's largest manufacturing city. It was a booming town and it was known as the motor capital. Although the industry began moving out of the city and many black people were held back from pursuing jobs in housing in 1940s, 
They were able to bounce back after World War II. The transformation of Detroit is completely based off the automobile industry, and it propelled the city into prosperity, and it led to its fall. After years of suffering from inadequate housing, high employment, high unemployment, and police brutality against black young men, many black Detroiters rose up in revolt during the Great Rebellion of 1967, leading to the downfall and soon-to-be bankruptcy of the city. 500 people lost their businesses. Damage estimates were as high as $500. Unrest was based more on economics than race. A rebellion is a more accurate term than riot, because unrest was a response to police brutality and a lack of economic opportunity. It was the deadliest rampage in American history at the time. At 3.44 a.m. on July 23, 1967, police raided an after-hours club at 12th and Claremont Streets, which was the heart of Detroit's largest ghettos. It started when an officer mistook a commotion in the bar for an assault. It changed the city completely. One historian said, I choose to think of the riot as an explosion, a chemical reaction to the prevailing conditions. The flammable element was police brutality. The heaviest casualty was the city. The riot put Detroit in the easy pass lane to economic desolation, mugging the city and making off with incalculable value in jobs, earning earnings taxes, corporate taxes, jobs, and dollars. The riot occurred after experiences of competition that resulted from wartime migration and heightened social expectations. This led to white flight shortly after. Money was carried out in pockets of the businesses, and whites clearly fled as fast as they could. More housing was developed in the suburbs, but it was hard for blacks to transport back and forth to the suburban areas. Many community centers, stadiums, and businesses migrated to the suburbs as well. The white population was always going down starting in the 50s, but it rose greatly after the 1967 uprising. Blacks were denied access to good jobs, and the mayor, police chief, and most city councilors were all white. Shortly after, the city slipped to the 11th largest city regarding population after being fourth previously. Five days after the riot, 43 people died, 600-plus people were injured, and 1,000 families were homeless. By the late 1960s, Detroit's black residents, many who didn't have a job, were locked in a city that was known for rising crime and militarized police forces. One could have predicted the, the Detroit riot of 1967, although, hence the smaller Detroit riot of 1943 that is not as well known. The Detroit riot of 1943 was one of the most violent riots that is not spoken of today. The riot began not as a response to police violence by the white and black youth who confronted each other due to acts of racism in all of Detroit. The riot claimed 34 lives and 800 people were injured. 25 of, of those dead were African Americans and 17 were killed by the police. One million hours of war production were lost to the riot in the aftermath. Two million dollars of property was damaged. African Americans were constantly mobilizing for racial equality in numerous ways. Demands for democracy, equality of work in the unions, housing, and armed forces began. After the riot, black residents were excluded from all public housing with the exception of poor Brewster projects. Blacks who found housing had to pay rents that were two to three times greater than, the, than that paid by white families. This happened often in buildings that did not have indoor plumbing. This housing concern led to a number of racial flare-ups before the riot of 1943. There were long lines for services and goods at the bus stops, grocery stores, and newsstands. Food was rationed and unavailable. Child care programs were not in place, which was a problem considering the fact that family members had to work hard and for a long time. 
Community services were not in place or insufficient to meet the needs of working women. Tensions over housing, jobs, and recre recreational opportunities rose. Although the Detroit riot of 1943 was not extremely devastating for the city at the time, it was clear that the results of the riot was a precursor to the 1967 riot. After the 1967 riot, whites pocketed their money and just left town like no one was chasing them, which left the city of Detroit on its last limb, the last limb being the auto industry, which was supporting the whole entire city. Shortly after the riot, competition with foreign automakers and economic recession devastated the Detroit auto industry, where the urban economy depended on the auto industry. Detroit is a city with enormous wealth, resources, and opportunities for higher classes, but also there are many neighborhoods that just can't escape poverty. Bringing wealth to the downtown is appealing because sports stadiums will provide jobs, casinos will provide jobs, and new building construction will also provide jobs. It's easier said than done to build these structures, though, and it takes a lot of work and money. The city kept losing people and money, and its fine housing stock suffered from neglect and abandonment. The automobile industry plummeted and was on a downward trajectory after oil prices rose and there was a significant competition from Japan, Japanese companies and imports. This led to many factories in the city closing down and thousands of good-paying jobs disappearing and they just did not return. What was more unfortunate is that anyone could do these good-paying jobs with no prior history or experience needed, which helped people lacking education. The Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Tigers, Detroit Lions, and Detroit Pistons have been thriving in a city that recently filed for bankruptcy. They have not been impacted that much because they have had such a strong history of winning. Because of the Arab oil embargo, Americans wanted fuel-efficient cars, but Detroit didn't respond, leading to people buying cars overseas. A low-income residential neighborhood was bulldozed to create a Cadillac factory for General Motors and attempt to compete with Japan but it simply wasn't enough, and it was very controversial. The Big Three did not generate enough prof profits to pay union wages and benefits, leading to Detroit officially filing for bankruptcy for $20 million. Even though this happened, Detroit has still preserved its rich cultural treasures, its vibrant entertainment, and dining scene. Detroit still remains its strength as a sincere melting pot with immigrants from their, around the world bringing their own cuisine, traditions, and religions. It is a city of attractive, leafy neighborhoods, many parks, and the most appealing international boundary in the whole entire United States. All three auto industries must make changes to their products if they want to stay competitive. If Detroit companies want to win back customers, they can't just flood the market with new vehicles and generate sales. They must do what their foreign enemies are doing. U.S. customers no longer make decisions based on patriotism. American consumers are smart enough to realize that they can find something that fully meets their needs anywhere else in the world. Today, city's financial elites are attempting to restore Detroit to its past time by rebuilding the downtown and luring businesses in using tax incentives. Their approach is based on the trickle-down economic theory, which is what benefits those at the top will benefit those at the bottom eventually, and encourage businesses to hire black people. Some people are not waiting for the promised benefits and are taking action now. This committee is still active to this day, even though the leaders are dead. There has been an economic resurgence downtown new riverfronts, new stadiums, sky rises, and lots of new housing. Detroit once stood at the center of industrial capitalism and led the way in shaping the prosperous U.S. middle class. Even though Detroit's glorious history of prosperity, technological innovations, striking buildings, and cultural creativity with arts and music, the 1943 and 1967 Detroit riots filled with racial violence led to Detroit becoming the most negatively stereotyped city in the country. 
Many vehicles are still assembled in Detroit, but not enough were sold after the 1960s, 1967 riot, leading to the filing for bankruptcy in 2013. Detroit was once a very prosperous city, took a major downfall, and now it's on its way back up. Thank you for listening.